0: Hi there, church family. It's good to be with you today uh, as we do our midweek sermon recap here. Spencer, my headphones are extremely loud. Can you turn them down? Am I really loud to you guys? It's going to be in that one, that little knob over there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, two. Yeah, that one. There you (laughs) go. Yeah, I was going deaf over here. You can turn it up a little bit now. Okay. Everybody bear with us as I teach Spencer how to how to be a producer here (laughs) we've been very technological this morning this is is very good we have okay well this week is different (laughs) i did not preach this week um pastor scott did and we looked at god's we're all preaching tim all the time preach at all time and if necessary
1: use words (laughs) oh yeah i forgot yeah you remember that That, that's a good cliche I do remember. False cliche, but still still (laughs) is one. Augustine
2: said that, right? I think it was
0: St. Francis. Yeah. (laughs) Of a sissy. A sissy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we're looking at God's generosity, that's been our focus. But now we kind of starting to turn the tide a little bit of like how what does that do for us uh, and how we live? If God has been generous and kind to us. We've seen that through creation. We've seen that through even in our rebellion and our sin. He provides for us Christ. We've seen many of the benefits that we have been given in Christ, and not all of them, but many of them. Now that should impact how we how we live because we're part of the kingdom of God. Um, we are the, the church, which is seen as the body of Christ, and Christ now serves the world through the church. He serves the church through the church. Uh, serves the family through the church and that's where we kind of started to turn the page and so pastor scott kind of had the task of of doing just that turning the page but also looking at um the family of which i'm sure scott you felt time was short on the family, it seemed like, because I know you were... I was looking at the clock, and you were gone. I'm like, he hasn't even got to the family yet, and it's like 11.20. Mm-hmm. How's he going to do this? <laughs> How's he, but then I started thinking, well, I'll just do the family next week. He's not going to get to it, which is fine, because I know we had kind of talked about that too, yeah. but you did touch on the family uh, yeah. there at the end. So go ahead and uh, lead us, and hopefully Spencer and I could uh, share something. I don't know. I'm sure you'll have Be of some help share. at some point.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, like you said, this was... It was kind of the sermon in the series where it you you kind of turning the page to see we've we've focused a lot and rightly so on God's generosity towards us in the many different ways He's shown us that, um, but that at some point transitions over to how we are then showing generosity ourselves how we're used by God to show generosity to those different um, callings that we have in the world and so. What I was trying to do is, I I like the idea of trying to stay in Ephesians, where you had preached the week before, and specifically when you, there's two passages in Ephesians that I think, that I found helpful to inform, how does that transition happen from God's generosity to our generosity, and I think the the first one that I wanted to handle was the the transition in the letter to the Ephesians, in chapter 4, verse 1, where there's kind of a the, the transition in Romans, of Romans chapter 12, is a more famous one where uh, you see all of this truth that's communicated about what God has done for us then transitions into, uh, here's now instruction for you. And the verse, for chapter 4, verse 1 of Ephesians, where Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, um that i mean that verse when you first come across it is kind of a puzzle i think because and it, what i try to explain in my sermon is the whole first chapter or not first chapter the whole first three chapters of ephesians are all about how you are not worthy and so how are we supposed to understand that and um have you guys seen saving private ryan mm-hmm. do you like do you like that movie you seen it mm-hmm. yeah yeah i've seen it okay yeah. all right all right good and so i i didn't want to <laughs> use this is, is I was no kind point? of disappointed
1: whenever I looked it up, I think, later on and I realized it's actually a really fiction. Yeah. But oh, oh,
2: but yeah. still, hey, it was still pretty awesome. Um, I bring that up because there's a point where I was thinking about how on the face of it, that reading like be worthy to the the calling to which you've been called. The whole point of that movie, it starts off with this old guy going to I think Arlington Cemetery and just trying to find a grave. And then the rest... The whole middle of the movie is this flashback to everything that happened to him. And you find out this old guy is Private Ryan, who was... Matt Damon. Yeah, who's Matt Damon. He was basically saved from the war because a company of soldiers were told to go in to get him out, to send him home. Because uh, his brothers had died. He didn't want to leave, but that was their orders. They had to get him and take him back. And um, Tom uh, Hanks was uh, Captain Miller... And it, the movie ends in a tragedy where basically the whole company, Captain Miller himself, dies trying to get Matt Damon's character out. And the last words that Captain Miller shares with Matt Damon's character is you know, he's dying, and he says, earn this. Right? So he's just been given this great gift of life, and then he tells him, and he says, earn this. And so you find out that's why this old man's going to Arlington Seminary, or Seminary, Cemetery, <laughs> finding this guy's grave, and he asks his wife at the end of the movie, and he says, tell me I'm a good man. And his whole life, you find out, has been about earning this gift that he's been given, trying to back pay. And I think that's what it's easy to think about, the grace of God and the gift that we have. We think oftentimes that if you... That this way of living now is a way to kind of earn what we've already been given as a gift. And that's not right. Mm -hmm. Like That's why we've done this series the way we have is because it's not about earning something you've already been given. But that's where I found Sinclair Ferguson's book, Worthy, helpful to explain that the idea – being communicated there is living a life that's in balance with what you've received. You have received this. And so that naturally leads to a life that exhibits that. And so understanding what it is to live a life worthy. But then also I know when I was talking to you, Tim, this earlier this week about this, that you'd pointed out uh, Ephesians one verse 22 and 23, when it talks about how we've been given Christ as head over all things he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And so the idea that's used in the scriptures of we are the body of Christ. He is our head. And so the idea when it comes to generosity is when, and we've talked about this before, when we are living in balance with the gospel uh, as the hands and feet of Christ, God is actually show, continuing to show his generosity to the world around us. He's using us and what we're doing. They're our actions. They're important. He's leading us to do them, guiding us to do them. Uh, but when we do that, that is continuing to show his generosity to the world. So whereas we step back as Christians and we say, how is God's generosity impacting me? Not just that I've received, but how am I now to live? Well, We live in step with, we live in balance with the gospel that we've received, and we also have this understanding, when I show that generosity to someone else, or you could take tons of other things that we do for other people, that we can understand that's actually God working through us. That's God continuing to bless other people through our lives, through our actions, through our generosity. So that was really how I wanted to try to lead through that transition, help us understand and ground it in a way that's not... You have to do this to be a good Christian, but you get to do this because you're a Christian, right? So I don't know if what you guys want to plug in anything there, what you think about that. What?
0: Looking at you, you're our senior pastor. <laughs> no, I think you did a good job, Scott, of talking of where we were wanting to go uh, with this. Um, Again, of, of reflecting on the generosity of God and then why then that means that we are going to be generous, you know, something we all, we all take on traits of our parents, uh, whether we like it or not. And one of the traits that we take on of God's, at least we should as Christians is being generous. And that flows into a lot of different areas of our, of our life. Um, whether it's finances, whether it's, uh, time, I'm sure there's other things as well. Those are probably the two biggest ones that we would think about of how we would manage that time. And again, we're, um, What's difficult when you talk about something like this, like even yesterday, I know we haven't got to the family part yet, but you can definitely feel uh, like you're gonna leave with a big burden because none of us do this perfectly, right? we We struggle with this. We look to God who is generous perfectly. And that's just not something that we can we can do, right? But we need to be good stewards of our time, good stewards of our resources that God allows us to have. Um, and to think and to think through it. And again, we can't do it perfectly, but I do think it. It we should we should at least think through it because what the Bible is telling us here is that God is using us, the church, to minister to each other and to minister. And so, like as you were saying, as I serve, um, as I serve a church member, it is Christ who's serving the church member through me. As I serve in my family, it's Christ who's serving my family through me, and so if that's true, then I want to I want to serve in a way that honors Christ and that honors that honors the Lord the best I possibly I possibly can. So then that means I shouldn't just live willy nilly, right? I shouldn't just live. Oh, what what's today hold and just unexpected? No, I I should I need to think through it, and I need to be wise in all these different areas because. Um, it's not a small thing that I'm called to in my life, right? I'm called to a big thing, and that is a thing of service as Christ serves through me in all these different avenues that I'm associated in in life, mm-hmm. right? And that's why it becomes important for us to think about. But I guess there is a concern that I have in this series and the rest of it is I don't want... I don't want to leave with a huge burden. I don't want others to constantly be leaving with this huge burden because as we go through the different areas in life where we get to serve, no doubt we're all going to see how much we fail Mm -hmm. in that. We really, we really do. But I hope then that we're thinking again, I hope that draws us back to say, man, but Look how generous that means God was to us because he never fails. Yeah. And he still loves me and he still cares for me. So we're we're always going back. I think you said this too in your sermon. We're always going back, though, to the generosity yeah. that God has given us in Christ. And and that's why we never leave the cross. We're always going back to the cross because, man, I, I wasn't there enough for my kids. I wasn't there enough for yeah. my spouse. I wasn't there enough for my church or yeah. my work or whatever it might be. Mm. Yeah, you probably aren't, but... Um, that's why we're so thankful for how God still loves us and he cares for us, right?
2: Yeah, that's why, yeah, what you're talking about there of always having to go back to the grace of God because that is our motivator. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, when I was actually going through the family, the different fam- you know, familial relationships of everybody is a child, most people are married, many people have children of their own. Um, Even in those, I wasn't, I didn't want to try to make too specific of applications for people because everybody's family situation is different. Not everybody in the room is a parent. Um, Not everybody in the room has believing spouses, Um, you know, those different things. But more so what I wanted to try to do in that was point out, like even in the midst of like where you – like I know I'm I'm called to walk worthy according to the calling I've been given – To show generosity, that's really hard uh, to do, especially when that's not being reciprocated towards me. Well, let that be a reminder to you that the generosity God has shown us is we've not reciprocated that back all the time. And it's like, so even in the failure in a a marriage relationship is an opportunity to be reminded of the generosity of God. And that's that's what I was trying to bring out in that specific one. And the same thing with children in terms of the great sacrifice that it is to show generosity towards children, whatever sacrifice that is, it's, it's a reminder to us, even though that's hard, that's difficult, where we look at the sacrifice we need to make as a generous act towards our children and how oftentimes, if we're honest with ourselves, I don't really want to do that. I know I don't, but that's an opportunity for me to be reminded of the fact God was totally willing to do that for me. Christ did not go to the cross kicking and screaming like a disobedient child. He went willingly and joyfully endured the sacrifice that was the ultimate show of God's generosity towards us. So that's more like what I was trying to point out in those familial relationships of how can we still be reminded of God's generosity towards us even as we think about my generosity towards them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I was trying to do there. So
0: Now, I do think that sometimes we should leave with a burden. Now, I know I said I don't want us to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. We are free in Christ. We are in Christ, right? Christ has we've been forgiven. Uh, our Father sees us as holy because Christ was holy. But yet we do have commands in the New Testament to go continue to be holy we have commands in the new testament as husbands or as wives or as parents or uh, in civil society or in church and so there are things that we are called to do and that as you said we have the privilege to be a part of and i i'm someone who likes to think about how i can do better. I know we make fun of that, but mm-hmm. I I do and so there is a balance I think that we have to have, right? Um so I don't think it'd be appropriate for a husband whose wife is constantly getting on them saying, you know, you need to do something around here to just sit back and say, well, you know what? I'm free in Christ. You don't put that burden on me. Yeah. I think at some point you have to listen to your wife and think I don't really do anything around here. <laughs> yeah. She's doing everything, and that's not good. It's like, you need to do something, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's being a, a good steward. That's that's serving and being generous. Are you not being generous? And again, my we will fail in that. We are going to fail in that, and we need to recognize God's grace is on us. But that doesn't stop us still from trying to, uh, as I say, famously, I guess, to do better as we, as we can. Mm -hmm. And I'm not doing better again so that God loves me or said that I can be forgiven. No, I'm wanting to do better because I know I am forgiven. I know how much he loves me. Uh, and so it it flows out. And I know that's a, that's a, like a delicate tightrope walk of, it's a balance for sure. It is for sure. And I, I see people take it being took advantage of, I guess, in different ways. And, um, that's not fair to them, mm-hmm. you know, like we have to be careful about that in church. Right. Cause we have people in our church who will always say yes, mm-hmm. always say yes. Yeah. They're always going to serve. Mm-hmm. Well, then our job is probably to guard that sometimes and be like, you need to not do this. You know, you're getting taken advantage of. There's plenty of other people who should be serving, mm-hmm. who should be taking and doing this as well. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a, it's just a, a balance yeah. that we, that we have to be careful with. I think, um,
1: <clears throat> Whenever somebody says that I'm free in Christ, they're actually showing, at that moment, you're not living free in Christ. Yeah, that's the key thing. I think the problem is, is sometimes we think what that means is, well, if you're free in Christ, then I need to bring you back under the law again. No, <laughs> right. actually, what we're saying is, you're actually enslaved to sin at that point. Yeah, and the law is meant, as Paul says in First Timothy, it's meant for the unrighteous. It's meant for the, the wicked. There's a part of us that still has that old man in us. We still have to battle the old man. Romans 7 all about that. And to that extent, we still have to hear the law with its thunders, which says the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. So the un, there's a there's an un, there's a seg there's a, a section of every single one of us as believers that's an old man that still doesn't believe the gospel and still wants to live in sin. And that's where the law comes to kill us. And if you really are free in Christ, then Christ is free in you to work through you. So but that's why we always have to hear the law still because we're, we're not dead and resurrected yet. So there's still a, there's still that old man where we still do what we don't want to do. And so the law has to come to kill us again and to, and to, to cut that down to where, um, to cut us down to size. That's why Paul says in Romans 10, uh, what is it, verse 4, Christ is the end of the law. The law is always intended to drive us and to convict us to get to Christ in every aspect of our lives, to, to beat us all the way as it were to Christ so that when we get to him, we have, we, everything's finished. But there's that's where I think whenever what we're talking about here with um, God's generosity is it's so it, one of the things and Scott you did a good job I, I noticed some some language you were using that reminded me of Gene Vith a little bit um, you said little Christ for instance oh, okay. and things like that um, from that book God at Work which is an awesome book um, and he helpfully points out in that book that what you're talking about with family or where we're going to go with the technical term is the doctrine of vocation, which is just where God's placed you and how your Christian life is lived out in this world, in your callings in this world. One of the things he highlights in that book is this is primarily something, this is primarily an issue of gospel, not law. So it's primarily something that God is doing through us, not something that we ought to be doing. And I think that's a helpful thing because whenever it's all of us, because sometimes it can seem like a bait and switch, so you're in by grace, but now I'm going to really hammer you with a bunch of oughts and you shoulds. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the the way this works is if Christ lives in your heart by faith, you need to focus on that because if you focus on him and your new position and the fact that you're clean and the fact that you're now washed in Christ's blood, you will start to want to live according to the way the law does point us to in a yeah. holy way. Yeah. But if we're if we're primarily approaching this as an issue of law as of what we ought to do then we will fail because we're we're not um we're going to realize all of our failures and we have to be the law's purpose is to to get us uh, to to humble us and to drive us back into the arms of jesus to be transformed again justified and sanctified again by his grace and power so it's very important, I think, to remember, too, as lastly, the law cannot sanctify us. The law has zero ability to change my heart. And so all the commands in the world can never change my heart. It is only the Holy Spirit who can change my heart. doesn't mean the law is bad. The law is good. But it's just remembering the law does not have that ability to change me and to give me the ability to keep it. It tells me what I ought to do. But the Holy Spirit is the only person who who can empower me to live that way. And whenever you embrace that, then in your family life, um, I think, I just think things, it's a different orientation the way that we naturally think about um, all of these things in the Christian life.
0: I think I think of stuff different, and I'm I'm afraid I'm going to say something wrong. You guys are going to jump on my case, which is fine. I don't want to say I'm trying, I'm, I'm viewing this as being past the law. Like you, you're when I think Spencer, when you say law, I think what most people start to think of is 10 commandments, rules, um, sin. What I'm thinking of when I'm saying I want to do better, I'm not saying I want to do better and observe the law better. I'm saying I want to do better in being generous, which to me is different. The The law commands you to be generous though. I know, but I mean, but where, where it's flowing from, I'm not wanting to be generous because I want to observe the law. I want to be generous because of how much I love what God has done for me and how much now I love my family, how much I love my coworkers, how much I love my church family. And I just want to think oh, I just want to pour more love on on you, you know, whatever that looks like of time, money, gifts, whatever it is, you know, just because it's like, oh, I'm just it, it's almost like, you know, you have that newborn baby and you're excited, and you just want to like get something yeah. for the baby or something. And it's not because you want the baby to love you back. That's well, this is what I
2: have to do. I'm a father now. It's yeah, my not that. It's
0: just like I'm so excited. No, we're. I don't about, think we're disagreeing. I, know, yeah. I yeah, yeah. No, I don't yeah. think so either. I, I'm just trying to explain it like in my my way, I mm-hmm. guess. And and that's I think where it needs to. You're walking in the from, good works that yeah, God has prepared for yeah, you. Yeah, so I'm not yeah. like going to bed at night thinking, "Oh, I, I messed up because I just haven't been generous enough to my wife." It's, man, I want to be more generous to her. How can I do that? Because this is a good gift God has given me and her, and she's kind to me. You know, or you know, I know that you had talked about sometimes when you're being generous, it's not based off of reciprocation. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times in a lot of our relationships, we can honestly say that it is reciprocated in some way, which then in turn makes you want to be generous even more to them Mm -hmm. a lot of times, right? um, I'm sure we have some relationships that it's not reciprocated a ton.
2: Oh, but what you're saying is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a lot easier to be generous towards someone who's been generous to you.
0: Yeah. And that's really a picture of what the church should be and the family should be right. Is I'm pouring out these blessings to you the best I can, you're doing it back to me. And we just have this loving relationship. Now, again, it's not perfect. We're not perfect in that. So we, we definitely fail in it. Um, but I'm just trying to think of it and how, how it comes into into my head of the the uh the burden side, you know, it was like there there is a point to where I would start saying I'm sinning because I'm not being generous enough. But I feel like there's another tide where I'm like, I don't think I'm sinning, but I would love to keep being more and more generous, you know, and so there's a burden in that way. I, I want to try to be more generous here. I hope that makes sense. Uh, I think know.
2: there's a there's a shift that happens in a believer's heart, where I think this, I mean, it comes through a little bit in your sermon of one of the spiritual blessings that we've been set free from sin, that we are now in Christ, and in Christ we are free to to obey the law in a way that is not earning our salvation, but is, I actually, I tried to bring this out a little bit in my sermon where it's like, it's actually, I love doing this. Like, I enjoy doing this, which is completely right for a Christian who has a new heart in Christ and delights in the law of God as even as David would say. And so I think that's a that's a big difference there of It's, it's
1: kind of like whenever um sometimes right you do something and you're like I really enjoy this, but you're not it's not your job, yeah. you're not required to do it, but the mm-hmm. minute somebody says, okay, you need to do this for 3 hours today, you're like, yeah. man, this is drudgery. Yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. kind of the way our relationship is with the law now is before we had to do it on pains of death. The problem, and now Jesus says, "Now nah, you know what, you're forgiven, but now you're like, oh, I get to do this now. Mm-hmm. The same thing yeah. that the, that the law commanded, I'm now able to do because I'm not bound to do it in the sense of buying something. I'm yeah. now free to do it mm-hmm. because God's at work in my life.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that just goes back to the series where I, I, I again didn't want to give a, you know a list of here's now ten things that you can do to be generous towards the people in your family." But wanted it instead to be just wor- generosity will work itself out to your children. I mean, to your spouse, your to your, grand dogs, mm, maybe.
1: Tim, no,
0: <laughs> no that's no. not true. Yeah. What
1: if Jackson gets a dog eventually?
0: He has a dog now, so you're a grandparent. That I don't grand want. dog parent. <laughs> I they don't. ran away this morning again. <sighs> I wish an eagle. Sometimes took you
2: him. have to teach them the hard way. I'm like, come, yeah, come, come it's eagle. It's an opportunity for come, come, eagle, come, eagle. come, come. eagle. take him. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, The
2: way, though, I tried to end uh, my sermon was by pointing out that we don't only have the opportunity to show generosity uh, towards others in our family, but we also have the opportunity to receive generosity from them by being reminded of God's grace, pointing out that it's often our family members who know our faults and our, fa- our failures the most, but also who are, it's who our own selfishness tends to hurt the most right, in, in those relationships, yet our families, uh, especially if we're believers, continue to be havens to, to be reminded, to be forgiven by our family members, uh, to continue to be accepted, to continue to be loved. You know, oftentimes we are actually the spouse who's not reciprocating the generosity. And so those are moments that we can look back on and, and be reminded where, It was my wife that was being generous to me there. It was my child generous to me or my parents generous to me. But God, I can see how God was working through that to remind me of his generosity. And you can be possibly the the biggest way that you can be reminded of God's generosity towards you in the family is to be reminded of how your family's been generous to you Mm -hmm. and to be thankful to the Lord for that gift that he's given that you didn't deserve uh, but that he's been good enough to to give to you, right? And that's what I, how I tried to yeah to wrap things up there.
0: There's nothing more exhausting to me than thinking about these this what we're talking about now, because uh, maybe this is just how my brain works. But you know, you mentioned a couple areas of the family last night, but the fact is, a lot of us are a lot more than that. We're cousins. We're yeah. We're uncles, we're, we're grandkids, what might be great grandkids, um, might be great grandparents. There's, there's so many avenues and everybody's family is different and interconnected. But, you know, for me, when I start to think about that stuff personally, just thinking about my wife and my kids, I start to think how I could do better, you know? And then when you say, well, what up? I also have siblings. I have a sibling. Okay. I could do better. Um, then I have, I have parents, I could probably do better. And I have grandparents, I could, okay, I could do, I could do better. And then when you start getting to cousins, I definitely know I could do, I could do better. And then nieces and nephews, and this is how for me, this is, and this might be how some of our people hear this. It is completely exhausting to me at times to think about, I am being called to be generous to all those people. How in the world do I do that? That I mean that you talk about a burden that, that's always, I feel that I feel that all the time mm-hmm. and it's very hard. And so, uh, trying to manage that, I think can be so difficult. And, uh, I think most people want everybody to like them, especially when it comes to your family, you want to have a good relationship with these people in the family. You know, when, when, when your siblings are having kids, I think we all think, you know what? I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the fun uncle that they love, mm. you know, mm-hmm. or at uh, least you want to be. Yeah, that's what you think in your head. You know, this is what I'm gonna I'm gonna do, and and uh, there's just not enough time in the day. I think for us to to do that, mm-hmm. uh, and again, this is where we have to then find our rest in Christ and where we need to be pointing people. This is why we need to be pointing people to Christ because I have no doubt the lost people are feeling that same exhaustion that I'm feeling. But I get to go back and rest on God's generosity and say I can't be all things to all people. You know what I mean?
2: It's also, I think, an important point is is your expectation of what generosity looks like to all those people what God actually expects of you? Or are you heaping more and more upon yourself that... God's right. not, God would not actually ask you to do that. You know what I mean? And
0: as I said, it's different for different families. You know, I know some families, if you don't go to your cousins, kids, girlfriends yeah. thing, yeah. you're in trouble. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. like, that's crazy. Yeah. Right. But that's a different dynamic, a different family dynamic. Um, Yeah. I think, I, I think we can do that. You know, I think that family members can put that on you too, at times to be fair, you know, that there are expectations mm-hmm. and you're not living up to them. But again, I have to balance that with am I trying to live up with them? Are they right in what they're expecting of me? You know, and I'm not. You know, you think about I'm not I'm not to this point yet, but I guess I can get little glimpses of it. You had mentioned how kids have to take care of their parents sometimes at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is exhausting. You're talking about going from a life, usually what's happened is you have a family who has kids Their kids have left the home now. They're experiencing just the two of them again, whatever struggles come with that. Mm -hmm. And they might have some of that freedom in that for a little bit. And now all of a sudden one of their parents gets ill and now they're full-time parents again to their parent. Mm -hmm. That's exhausting. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so you can just, you can almost you can feel the weight of that because I know that people who are going through that struggle with how much am I required to do? I still have kids and I still have grandkids and you know I have my own spouse and my own family and my own work some of them are still working now I have my parent who is hurting and how I want to do what's right for them but what does that mean because maybe that parent needs care all the time mm-hmm. does that mean they have to be full-time care you know and it's I know that there's a lot there's a lot going on there in those decisions and so I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that as we talk about this more and this is just the family side we haven't got to the other sides yet that there has to just be this feeling of complete exhaustion, you know what I mean, on their life, and and that's why we started where we started with the generosity mm-hmm. part of it. Is God has done this for you, you know, uh, and so rest rest in that. Do do your best in Christ and let Him work through you, and um, you know, love on your parents, love on your kids, the, the best that you possibly can. And and I don't, I guess the other thing too is there's no perfect answer. you know it's not like well you need to commit you know i don't even know off the top of my head how many hours there are in a week do you guys know okay that's good um but there's no like correct answer of like well when your parents go through that you should now devote 15 hours a week to them and now this we we don't have that and that's that's where it's okay right that's where again where we find that rest in christ and we're secure in him and I'm I'm trying my I'm trying my best here. Yeah. I, I can't be perfect for mom and dad.
2: No, you're right, and I think that's where it's again important to remember what has God called me to do. Yeah, in my vocations, and you can. I think in this in this specific one that you're talking about, what it looks like to honor thy father and mother by taking care of them in their old age, as they need. Different different families are going to have different needs, but I think this came up in. Um, <laughs> this came up in a uh, recent class that I uh, taught um, in Sunday school of for grandparents was the understanding that there's a new understanding of the way that life works in the world of what Tim was saying there who's he's not here anymore so now I'm talking to you Spencer of <laughs> there's a new way that life he's is back oh he's back okay. I
0: apologize. That was that was me trying to be generous to my kids because the school was calling, and I know one of my kids had a little stomach ache. Oh boy! And I thought I'm gonna have to go get them. And no, it was just one of those dumb Honeywells that you get from the schools. You guys Goodness don't know gracious. about that. No, forty of them a day. Just saying, I just wanted to you know, you know, school painted a wall today or That's whatever. Awesome. It's always something. Good dumb. job, so, school.
2: I'm sorry. I, yeah, but what I was saying is, <laughs> what comes into this conversation too is specifically for for taking care of aging parents that there's maybe there's also an expectation that we put on ourselves or that we put that what life is supposed to be like for us and we think man once i raise my family and i get my kids out of the house then it's me time and and then i get to focus on me i actually get to have the good life that i've always wanted and enjoy retirement and no responsibility whatsoever and uh and old age is almost seen as a time of um Uh, like a second adolescence, essentially. Not to say that retirement and uh, ease and old age is a bad thing. That's a huge blessing uh, that you could have, but that's a very different picture than, that's the American dream speaking to you about what your life should be like, not necessarily what God has called you to as a family member. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think is the, the burden that we feel and the weight that we feel of that actually more of, and I'm not saying this is what you were saying, but I think it can be this. Is that actually more just a disappointment of you've given yourself an expectation to live the American dream. And now when it comes that like, actually this is something God has called me to as a child to take care of my parents. I just don't want to do it. Um, I think that could also be at play in that situation does that make sense
0: I'm sure that is sometimes and that's why I say people you have to ask this question within yourself because you only know your motivation but I think there's honestly some real struggle with them at times of like I actually can't take care of mom anymore because her needs are too great but I'm feeling guilty that I might have to take her somewhere yeah you know what I mean and that that's a real struggle that they start to think yeah no I'm just being weak I I can go learn how to do this you know or I can do it and I think those are just honest things that yeah. people really struggle with to where they feel a, a burden mm-hmm. because they, they want to love their parents well sure. know, or, or whatever whatever it might be. I'm sure some parents have it with children who uh, are ill and you know when, from birth, they're going to be with us forever, mm-hmm. right? But there might come a time where it's like, I can't take care of them anymore. I can't mm-hmm. do it well, but your heart is breaking because you don't feel like a good mom or dad at this point and you sure. don't know what to do and... I just think those are honest things that happen in yeah. people's lives that this kind of plays into that. No, you're right.
2: And that's, again, why I didn't want to make very specific applications yeah, oh, I'm to do, say, I'm like... I'm going to do very specific applications <laughs> good. when I Well, it's like I didn't want to say, hey, that's when your my parents goal. are old, you have to <laughs> yeah. bring them into your home. Like, I have but, a good
0: hypothetical uh, for you. Maybe we can end on this. Oh you guys boy. can tell me what you think. Let's say that you have a sister. That's all you have is one sister. Let's okay. say that sister is getting married and you live away but she's gonna have a shower and she would really like it if you came would you (laughs) would you would you think the generous thing would be to go to
2: the shower or do you think the question is 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 she a good sister do you love your sister
0: i mean i don't know i I would assume yeah let's say you have a decent relationship (laughs) anything Spencer, what do you think? I, yeah,
1: I mean, th- those are some of the questions of life that we have to wrestle with.
0: <laughs> what if your parents offered to buy a plane ticket?
1: <laughs> you know, the, again, those are just issues <laughs> in life because you have to wrestle your various callings. That's where your callings to your job and to your family, right. and we're to gonna get all to that. those That's other things. That's a good things. point. Come into contact. It's a very, conflict. very good point. Now, we have talked about, you know, even there's another aspect too in family life. Whenever you're married, like we've talked about with you and Amanda Tim, yeah, if you it. ever get really sick, you're convinced she's just putting you away. Yeah, that's she's okay. not even gonna really deal with you. She'll probably marry a, a much younger man. Yeah, yeah that's fine. And
0: just, <laughs> <laughs> just take me out back. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I don't like being sick anyway. And, so and
1: that's the thing. The people at the church will go visit Pastor Tim because he's in like a basket weaving class somewhere <laughs> <laughs> and just like sitting there, yeah, I'm just like, be weaving the yeah. shape of a hoop to throw Not the ball. I have dementia. I have dementia. And he's yeah, and he's always, they're like, he's always trying to use a whistle all the time. He's trying to always blow a whistle. Line, line up, better. Line up everybody. That's what he's going to do. He's going to be the
2: relay games guy in the nursing home. It's like, all right, right. Yeah. line up
0: your wheelchairs. Right, come here. on, Charlie, let's race. <laughs>
2: okay, get your wheelchair, put the ball in your mouth and roll this.
0: <laughs> that's right. Wow. It'll be a, a fun place. So we fun. have four cool. poles here. There'll be tons of people wanting to get in there. Wow. That place. Yeah, that would be an
1: exhausting metallage, yeah. Um, now, I think at the conclusion of this, though, so I do think one thing is that this highlights the fact of being. It's more important to focus on because all these questions, the actions are are uh, countless right. applications. Mm-hmm. The key is, I think, is to be to focus on like we talked about Christ, and then also focus on not so much doing gracious things, but focusing on. God's grace and thereby being made into a gracious person. Yeah. Because if you're cultivating a a faith in Christ, Christ is dwelling in you by faith and you're in him. Hopefully, right. As you meditate on him and the Holy spirits at work in your life, he is changing you into a gracious person Right, that will be able to better um, live in a way that's gracious and all these other acts. I think that's helpful. And uh, I was telling Tim, I think the the comforting thing in all of this is we do fail. And uh, one time I texted Tim something about this. And, um, you know, like things, relationships can be difficult in family life or in anything. And the wonderful thing is that God works through all of us despite all of us. Mm -hmm. So don't think that your sin is going to get in the way of God's grace. Mm -hmm. Because God's grace is able to work through your sin, which is really seen in family life. And the good news is, is God still is able to take that Mm -hmm. and work through it all for good for you and for your, for the forgiveness of your sins and for the blessing of people Mm -hmm. in your family. That's an extremely comfortable thing because if I actually thought it was all about me and getting it all right, that would be horrible.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. We're not the linchpin to success in our families based on our generosity. Right. Right. So if
1: I go to Missouri or I don't go to Missouri for a shower, Oh, your I wife, mean, your wife you picked know, up We weren't slide. talking about you. Yeah, what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> Golly, you're so...
1: Everything's, everything's about Spencer. <laughs> uh,
0: no, but yeah, God, you're right, Spencer, what you were saying there. And I think of even something simple. You know, my dad had had to have surgery. And it would have been silly for me to be like, no, I need to do it. I'm his son. Right. Let me fix it. No, God blessed us with doctors and nurses and technology to be able to do it, right? And and God blessed blessed our family through that, yeah. that it happened, right? And and that's, that's a very obvious way, but God does that in many ways in a family where mm-hmm. he's generous to us, even outside of our family with other influences. And to mm-hmm. think that it's up to us, like even with our kids, it's up to me to show my kids generosity because that's how then they will succeed. There might be some truth to that, that you should do that, but... God is very kind and does Mm -hmm. that in many ways. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're not. Well, we
1: talked about this too, right? With uh, it can be this way in sports or in any number of things. If you overthink this, you're going to jack it up a lot worse. (laughs) Right. And so, that's the last thing I think anybody needs to do is to, it's good to think about these things, but don't overthink it because then you're going to have a tendency to just be stressed out about every calling in your life and getting it exactly right, right. which is exactly what Scott was trying to say. Don't worry. up. You're not going, you can't, you don't have access to God's secret hidden will. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have access to that infinite mind of God. All you know is what he's told you in the book, where he's placed you in this world and try to love God, love people, do your best. And God's grace covers the rest of it.
0: Love God, love people. Love God, love people. I've seen that in church websites. Yeah, that's the law. And that's (laughs) true though. It is true. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you for uh, listening today. Thank you, Pastor Scott, for preaching this this week. We enjoyed it. I'm thankful that God used you in that way. Uh, we hope that we get to see you. What is that? You doing cricket? You are already bored with what I'm trying saying? Trying to do applause here. Just trying for to applause. Here. here it is. This is so jacked up. There we go. <laughs> thank you, Scott, for preaching. Yeah. Good great, job, man. Scott.
1: That's, what, that's
0: why he does this for applause. Yeah. I'm expecting all those thank you notes to roll in yeah, here pretty soon. Yeah. That's yeah. fourteen
1: two sixty South <laughs> <laughs> Dixie. I didn't
0: know the address off the top of my head to spout <laughs> Monroe, Michigan four eight one six one. There you go. Well, hopefully you get some. But this is my thank you. I'm not going to write you anything. It's fine. You don't all have to. Appreciate you. Appreciate you doing that. Well, mm-hmm. we hope to see you this uh, this coming Sunday, uh, Lord willing, while we're gathered together to to worship him again, and we look forward to that. But until then, we hope that you have a great week. God bless.